Hello and welcome to Watson Premier League 26 match day. Tom, we have 10 games. This is so unusual. It's weird. I've had to do some serious work preparing for this programme, which makes a nice change, actually. 10 games, 10 games. I'm very happy and also the joy of seeing you again, Tom. This is fulfilling my day so far. <laughs> so let's analyze all the games uh, with Tom and with anyone also comment the Premier League with us, of course, and give us your tips for this match day. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Let's go on with Tom and the show. And let's go on the early kickoff on Saturday to the east of London, the London Stadium, to see West Ham, this miracle Newcastle. Be careful, Tom, with this game because Newcastle are on fire. Four points clear from the bottom three, three consecutive victories. Everything is positive in St. James's Park. And this is a key game for your Hammers because yeah. they have to win to go back to the bottom, to the top four. Yeah, you were so used to saying bottom with West Ham there, weren't you? You, you no, weren't no, expected no, no, to no. say top, top four. Top, I know. Top, it's top, ingrained top. in everyone's mind, including mine. Um, look, briefly on West Ham, I think that there's been a real drop-off in performance since the turn of the year. I think it's evident they were desperate for new bodies in January. Everyone knew it, and yet nobody came in. And I think that was almost suicidal for West Ham's season. It was idiotic from, from West Ham and, 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 frankly, incompetent from the people in charge who... Maybe there's things that we don't know. They've run out of money. They're, they're going bankrupt. I don't know. But to not have brought in a striker, another defender, and, and someone who can maybe come in and competently replace Socek or Rice when they need a break, with Kral not good enough and Noble close to retirement, you know, these are massive errors. And we've seen that in recent games from West Ham. We saw it in the game against Leicester where there was no next gear to get into. We saw it in the game against Man United. We saw it in the game against Leeds. They just could not keep pushing. The 11 has done spectacularly well. The backups haven't been good enough. And when the 11 doesn't perform at their best, these are the kind of results that we get. And so they're not a safe bet as they have been in recent times. Seeing West Ham around 1.6, 1.8 this morning to beat Newcastle, I think it's quite tight. I think that's quite short. I wouldn't bet on West Ham. For this game, even though they're understandably favourites, those are not particularly good odds. Um, for Newcastle, I think that you've got to take these three wins with a little bit of, of, of context because the Leeds game, you know, Leeds can pull off a shock result, but their ongoing issues, you know, we've spoken about that ad nauseum. Everton came on a low ebb and lost that game and Aston Villa last week. Look, great performance, but when you can harness the positivity of St. James's Park, as opposed to the 14 years of negativity we have seen, you've got something special there. It's going to be very different going away from home this week. Um, Jared Bowen, a slight doubt for West Ham. That's a concern considering his tremendous form. And Newcastle losing Kieran Trippier. You know, you don't think the right back coming in is going to be the catalyst for recovery, but it has been for Newcastle. Um, so him being out is a massive, massive blow. But this is a tough one. I think that I wouldn't bet on West Ham. West Ham are favourites, understandably, but those odds aren't good enough. Um, I think the draw market is real interesting around four to one. Draw on both teams score is really, really interesting. But at five to one, Newcastle and four to one, the draw, it's a real good double chance opportunity. Mm -hmm. Newcastle have a good record at London Stadium as well. Even when they've been rubbish, they've still found a way to win in East London. And so don't pick West Ham. 
go Newcastle, go draw, double chance, Ooh. both teams score. Oh, you are not very optimistic uh, in this game. And actually, most of the people here are going for West Ham. West Ham to win is a banker for S, uh, Dream Tree uh, as well. West Ham to win both teams to score for Millie. And Harry is uh, reminding us, of course, that Kieran Trippier is out. And this is uh, massive news because he's even scoring goals. Uh, what a performance, actually, from Trippier in the Spanish La Liga. And now he's back in the Premier League. And he's a top player, as we all knew. Then in the race for qualifying for the Champions League, we have to count on Arsenal, especially after the great victory against uh, Wolves. Uh, their last home game was a goalless draw against Burnley. So they must beat Brentford, a team that, as we all know, is struggling right now in the season. 1.5 odds for Arsenal to win. They cannot miss that one. Yeah, I agree. No chance that Arsenal don't win this game. I know it's the kind of game that old Arsenal would have slipped up in, but everything just favours them right now. If you're asking me as well for an outright top four pick, today as we speak, Arsenal is who I'd be looking at because Whoa. Man United drop points on a regular basis. Um, and they were pretty awful against Brighton a couple of days ago, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. I think Arsenal have found their team. And we spoke about this around November time, December time, when Aubameyang had the, the whole drama with, with Arteta and then left the club. Arteta has found his team. He's found a way to get this team playing. It's very similar to the way West Ham play in many, many ways, as he has repeatedly throughout his managerial career. Mikko Arteta has taken his inspiration not from Pep Guardiola, but from his old boss, David Moyes, who he played with for many, many years. The 4-2-3-1. Players in certain roles doing certain things. And if you look at the form of Gabriel Martinelli, of um, of Erdegaard and or Smith Road, depending who plays in that number 10 role, of Bukayo Saka, of Lacazette, who's not a 20 goals a season striker, but he's certainly a very good striker in terms of bringing other people into play. Midfield looks solid. Defence looks good. Goalkeepers played well. What's not to like about Arsenal at this moment in time in terms of, of going 4-4? So I'd back them massively here. I'd back them to score in both halves. I'd back them to score two to three goals in this game against the Brentford side, who still might be Sean of Ivan Tony, but a 50% chance of playing as, as, as we record this. Uh, and without him, there's, there's not a great deal of goal threat. Without him... They will sit in and try to hold Arsenal. But I don't think that's going to work these days with Arsenal. I think they were, in many games, Arsenal were contained because they never had a deep squad. You know, we're seeing that at West Ham now, but they have other games, rearranged games, cup games, European games, and they fell a lot a few days after a European game. There's no European football for Arsenal. There's no cup football for Arsenal. There's nothing for Arsenal but the Premier League. This is their cup, and they have three games in hand. On those above them. So, look, Arsenal win. Arsenal win comfortably by at least two goals to nil. I don't think Brentford are going to score. And that's that. We have to be a little bit creative uh, to find good odds because the victory of Arsenal is only 1.5. So, Asian handicap minus 1.5 for Arsenal pays well. 2.4 if you think they are going to win for two goals margin or we can go for Arsenal to win to nil, as also you are suggesting. Tom, 2.25. Also, Dream Trees going for Arsenal to win to nil. Um, Dream Trees asking you why Ericsson is not playing for Brentford. 
It'll take time. It'll take time for, for Christian Eriksen to be able to play in, in Premier League football as well. You've got to remember, it's not just playing over the park or playing in the championship or playing in the, the second tier in Spain or something. This is the, the hardest sprinting league in the world. Not the longest running, but the hardest sprinting. And so it'll take time to bring that match fitness back. You combine that with the, the sheer drama he has been through, the health checks required. I think he played a, a friendly this week and... I'd be quite surprised if we saw much of Christian Eriksen before the end of this season. Mm, you were talking about the championship. Um, probably we will see Watford in the championship next season if they don't wake up uh, because they are in a terrible run of form and they are even unable to find the net. No goals scored in the last four games and they are visiting Villa Park. Perhaps it's not a bad stadium also to wake up. Uh, it's almost now or never for Watford. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think never is more likely because, <laughs> well, they brought in Roy Hodgson, right? Who is a, is a great manager in terms of getting a team organised. And we've seen that in the games he has been in charge. They have been better organised. They were better against Burnley defensively. They were unlucky against West Ham. That game was a clear nil-nil. But I think they got to the Brighton game and they were like, well, what else is there? What else have we got in the locker? We've got Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King and Gio Pedro and it's made Asar's comeback, all these guys who can score. And I just wonder whether they brought the right man in because throughout a season, I think Roy Hodgson would keep Watford in the Premier League in a rush for survival when it's wins, wins, wins that matter. Draws and losses don't mean anything really at this point when you win games as well. And I don't see how they're going to win many games. I, I don't see much in, in Watford's offence that Hodgson's brought and the defence, though more organised, still lacks quality. And Ben Foster in goal at this point of his career, it was always a recipe for disaster. For Aston Villa, they're really interesting right now because they had that new manager bounce, right? If you want an example of the new manager bounce, and this comes up every year, look at Stephen Gerrard. Uh, look what's happened to him at Aston Villa. He came in and everyone was like, oh my God, Stephen Gerrard. Do you remember Gerrard from like Istanbul on that? He's here. He's our manager. Can you believe it? And everyone lifted their game because of this incredible personality, this incredible footballer came in and it was late wins. It was all running. It was all action. Then a few weeks later, it's like, oh, that's Stephen. Hi, Stephen. That's Stephen. He's the manager. Was a player, I think. That's what happens with the new manager bounce. And now we're in the weeds with Stephen Gerrard. I think, I think he's a good coach. I think he's proven that Glasgow Rangers. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we're now finding out these Villa players are a lower mid-table set of players with one or two differences in there. And I think Coutinho has brought a big lift to Aston Villa, but the, the players surrounding him, you know, apart from Jacob Ramsey, none of those that excelled in the early days are continuing to excel. So there's issues there with Aston Villa. I think we'll see for the rest of this season the type of Villa we're going to get next season, who's a Gerrard player and who isn't. That being said, Villa will beat Watford. They have goal-scoring threat. Watford do not. I think it will be tight. I think it'll be quite similar to the West Ham game. It's the kind of game that Philippe Coutinho is going to be absolutely vital in. I'd be looking here nil-nil at halftime. Villa win. Maybe nil-nil by the 75th minute. Villa very good at scoring late goals under Steven Gerrard. So I would go nil-nil for as long as possible. Winning goal coming 75th minute or later and not many goals in it. Under 2.5. Good odds for under 2.5, actually around 2.0. So it's a good option. And uh, you are mentioning that draws are not mattering anymore in the Premier League to survive. You can tell also 
Burnley about that because uh, they are competing well, but uh, three draws they are coming uh, to this game against Brighton after the defeat against Liverpool and three draws before that game is uh, not enough for them to be out of the bottom three, not even dreaming to be out of the bottom three. And now they are facing a side as Brighton that we used to bet on them with draws. We can expect here another draw. Well, two games in a row, Brighton haven't drawn, so no. it's kind of blown that script up a little bit. But, I mean, I was watching the Man United game in midweek, and it's inexplicable, really, how Brighton blew up in that match. They were the better team in the first half. They were extremely comfortable. And then Ibisuma gives the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo. Best assist for anyone for Ronaldo all season. Came from a Brighton player, and he scores from it. Lewis Dunk then gets himself sent off stupidly. I think it's a clear red. It's almost a textbook denial of a goal-scoring opportunity red card. That was silly from him. So he's now missing. And, of course, Dan Burns gone to Newcastle. So it'll be Duffy or Veltman at centre-half. Not as good as the captain, Lewis Dunk. There are issues there. And they had chances and didn't score. How many times has that been the story this season? I think Brighton will play better and more consistently in this game than they did against Man United in that second half. Plus, Lalana will come back in. I think Tarek Lamptey comes back in. That gives pace and precision to what Brighton are doing, which was missing around the penalty area against Manchester United. For Burnley, how are they going to win? I just don't know. You ask me this every week. Should we bet on Burnley to win? One in 21 tells us no. 11 draws in 21 tells us no. They compete, as you so rightly say, in every game. They defend well. They work hard. They can score. But they don't win. And there's doubts about Val Veghorst for this one. Um, picked up a hip injury in the last game. So without him, we go back to a Chris Woodless Burnley. Um, look, I think there's two scores here you look for. It's 0 0 1 1. This game is going to be a draw. You can double chance if a Brighton if you want, but at 1.5, it's, it's not really worth your time. If this is a game you're going to bet on here, 0 0 is 9 to 1. 0 0 is 9 to 1. The draw is around 4 to 1. That's what I'd be looking at here for value. One one is around seven to one, um, but there's no way with my own money I'd pick a winner. Mm. Uh, Brighton to win for Harry one point eight. If we go for under two goals, two point three. That is something that you also expect. And Harry is a Chelsea supporter, so let's talk a little bit about Chelsea. They are playing also in London, Crystal Palace. Finally, Chelsea playing a Premier League game, by the way, since uh, 23rd of January. They haven't played. Now they have one more trophy in their museum. So congratulations. But now it's time for them, Tom, to look at the fifth uh, spot, actually, actually, because, uh, of course, they are out of the title race. And with mm -hmm. 47 points, they are only six points away from West Ham. They have to start also winning in the Premier League. Yeah, their form before going off to the to the World Club Championship was poor. It was one win in five um, and some pretty poor performances in there as well. Lots of talk about Lukaku being unable to fire in the Premier League. Who was their best defence? You know, lots of conversations we were having about covering for Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Uh, still no Ben Chilwell, though there's some conversation that Reese James might be able to play. That'll give Chelsea their balance back. I genuinely think if Reese James and Ben Chilwell didn't get injured for so long, Chelsea would still be in the title race. They totally lost their balance when those two players got injured. And there is no one of the quality of those two players available to Thomas Tuchel. I know excuses, excuses. They've got other quality players. But, you know, with the best will in the world, Alonso and whoever else they've jammed into right wing back just ain't the same quality. 
don't give the same balance. So I have felt some sympathy for Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, and I'm sure they've got a big boost from winning that World Club Championship where the English team gets parachuted into basically the final. What even is that tournament? Um, Mason Mount being missing for this one is huge. I think it's huge because he is the best link man between offense and defense that they have. The central midfield is strong. Conte, Jorginho and Kovacic should all be fit, but it's who plays around Lukaku and gets the best out of Lukaku. For me, the best front three, as we've spoken about before, doesn't involve Lukaku. Um, it's Pulisic, it's Mount, it's Havertz. That's the best three. They don't do that. So that means that will be Lukaku. It probably will be Pulisic and someone else shunted on the other side. hudson Adoy maybe. He'll be rubbish as usual for 70 minutes. They'll bring on someone else to finish the game. Um so issues for Chelsea, and as you're right, I think that they do need to defend from the rear, but they have the ability to go on a run of wins, which will get them over the line. 67, 68 will do it. They're on 47 now. 20 points in 14 games. That, that Even with a, a juddery Chelsea, they will do that. Uh, for Crystal Palace, brilliant start of the season. Had some great moments. Can't win a game. Can't win a game right now. Three points in the last five matches. And i got to tell you, they're, they're a big mystery to me at the minute because I've been in, to a couple of Palace games and they play some real good football. You know, going forward, Michael Walise, who was bizarrely on the bench last week, couldn't understand that. Um, Wilfred Zahar and Odson Edouard and yada, yada, yada. Loads of great offensive players. Uh, Conor Gallagher in midfield, one of the players of this season. Looking forward to seeing him back at Chelsea next year. And the defence is strong and the keeper's good. So all the ingredients are there. Can't win a game. And that's mm -hmm. really, really interesting. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you that right now, with the form they're in, I wouldn't be backing Crystal Palace to win, even at around 5-6-1 to one against a team who've not played in the Premier League for around a month. So I'm looking at Chelsea to win here. I wouldn't be wildly confident of a big scoring game. I back the under, under 2.5. Chelsea win. Um, and Chelsea win potentially, and I think likely without conceding as well. Uh, under 2.5 goals, we have odds 1.9. Um, someone actually is mentioning the double chance for Crystal Palace, if you are brave enough. It's 2.3. Dream 3 is uh, telling us the double chance for Crystal Palace. But Tom prefers going for under or Chelsea to win 2-0. Odds are 2.7. I was uh, reading today in Twitter, there is a debate on whether Courtois or Mendy is the, who is the best goalkeeper in the world, in your opinion, Tom Rennie? Oh, best keeper in the world, I don't know. I always hate the world because my expertise in La Liga, Serie A, whatever, isn't anywhere near the, the quality of the other correspondents here on Oddspedia. But I will say that in the Premier League, I think the best goal goalkeeper this season has been Jose Sarr of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, mm. if you're asking me who the best goalkeeper in the Premier League is right now, he plays for Wolves. Good enough. Then, uh, Liverpool, they have a very good goalkeeper, of course. Uh, Alisson, Liverpool, Norwich, uh, really informed Liverpool. And also, they have this bit of luck that is very important, especially when they, you are playing in Europe. They had it uh, last night in uh, San Siro, so they continue winning games and I guess Norwich won't be a problem for them playing at home. I guess we should expect a comfortable victory for Liverpool. Yeah, it's a game that I'm sure brings nightmarish flashbacks to several Norwich supporters. Uh, last time they were in the Premier League and the time before that, Liverpool annually and regularly thumped Norwich and Luis Suarez was often the star of the show when they did so. Um, briefly on Liverpool, brilliant, I thought, in the San Siro on Wednesday. I thought the 
The way that the manager rotated the team mid-game was fantastic. The intensity of the 90 minutes was brilliant. They deservedly won 2-0. Uh, and I think they'll go through in that tie. That means we'll see some rotation here, but not a great deal as ever. Liverpool squad is not particularly deep. And there's doubts about Diogo Jota, who came off in the game with a twisted ankle. So he is likely, whatever happens, to be missing for this one. Firmino will come in. But of course, following his goal in midweek, maybe that gives him the boost of confidence that he's often needed to go on a goal-scoring run. Um, Liverpool, I think, can still win the Premier League as well. They've got to beat Man City and someone else has got to beat them as well. But I think Liverpool can go the rest of this season winning every single game. They've done it before. They can do it again. Norwich have got better. I was doing their game against Man City last week and they were actually well in the game until the opening goal. But defensive mistakes. Max Ahrens, again, not good enough in the Premier League. Grant Hanley, not good enough in the Premier League. Angus Gunn, the goalkeeper, not good enough in the Premier League. Ben Gibson, you know, um, they've got some good players. Dean Smith is a good coach. Against Liverpool, it doesn't really matter. Go for over. Go for at least 2.5. Um, this is your Asian handicap game. I think even a, a Liverpool side with plenty of rotation will still win by at least three goals to nil. And I'd even get brave here, to be honest, because even that isn't going to give you great odds. Like three mm -hmm. nil is only six to one. What's the point of that if you're putting some money on it? If you're going to go Liverpool to win this weekend, go big or go home. Go fives. Go above 4.5 for Liverpool to win five nil. Indeed, because uh, if we take a look at the Asian handicap market, uh, minus 2.5 is only odds around two. So you won't find good money in this game unless you bet on correct score as Andrillos 7 nil. If you do that and it yeah. ends up 7 nil, Andrillos, you will get uh, good money. Over 1.5 goals in both halves. Liverpool have time, full time, doesn't pay a lot. So let's try to find better odds. And we have it in Southampton, Everton, especially if we back the Toffees after their victory against uh, Leeds. Perhaps we are seeing a Lampard effect finally. But, wow, betting against Southampton right now is very dangerous. They are in great form, uh, Tom, as we also expected. They got points in Ultra Four. Yeah, that's exactly what we predicted last week. And I think that, that Southampton are one of the toughest teams to beat in the country right now. They always have these little patches in the season, Southampton. They have, ever since Ralph Haas and Hootel came in, they don't have consistent performances, consistent runs, consistent purple patches with their players' forms as well. But right now, a lot of players playing real good. Bednarek, Warprouse, Salisu, Elianusi, uh, a few others, uh, Brogia. You know, there's, there's players in real good form here for Southampton. But... You just wouldn't pack them because you don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. When is that purple patch going to come to its end? Uh, one defeat in five, though, means that I won't be backing Saints to lose here. For Everton, that was their best performance. And I was chatting to a friend of mine who was an Everton fan. Against Leeds last week, he said that was their best performance at home for about five years. And wow. what they did was something that we've spoken about previously. I thought Rafa would do all right at Everton uh, when he got the job. But they did something that Everton fans aren't used to seeing. They tried to win the game from the start of it. And, you know, that, that sounds amazing, right? But he said he's been going for years and years and years. And through every single manager they've had in this run, from Koeman through to Rafa, caution from the outset. That doesn't win you games in the middle of the Premier League. What wins you games is getting out there, first 20 minutes, scoring, and then trying to defend and from do it from that point. That's what Liverpool do. That's kind of what the Premier League is all about. Win it in the first 20, defend from that point, build from there. And that's not what Everton had been doing. So great mindset change. But as we spoke about earlier with Steven Gerrard, 
There's your new manager bounce. What has Lampard got as a manager? What has he brought to him tactically, individually? We'll see that over the coming weeks. I'm not too sure we'll see that here because Everton, despite that good performance last week, will not outwork Southampton. They're not fitter than Southampton. They're not sharper than Southampton. Uh, two to one Saints is quite decent. I'd be looking at Saints to win here. I'd mm-hmm. certainly be looking at both teams to score. The most common scoreline in football, as I always say, is 2-1. That's the score I would pick if I did correct scores. You know I don't. But I will be saying Southampton win and both teams score. It's uh, being quite optimistic if we go for Everton. Actually, it's 3.7. But many people here are backing Everton. Dronovet, for instance, as uh, Santa is saying, is 2.6. If we go Everton, double chance is 1.87. So not bad at all. And if we go both teams to score, yes, is 1.7. But as you said, Southampton to win the game is actually good enough. 2.15. And the last game we have on Saturday, so many games, it's going to be an interesting weekend in the Premier League, is Man City, Tottenham Hotspur. Man City, I think after watching the Champions League again, in this midweek, we can say that they are right now the best team in Europe, something that we already knew. But... Pep Guardiola is unhappy. I don't know if you've seen uh, what he said after the game. It's kind of boring, no? But perhaps this is why his Man City is so perfect, so glorious. They are winning every single game because even if they thrust Sporting Lisbon 0-5, he's still uncomfortable with his team. And now they are facing a Tottenham in crisis. So I guess we should expect another easy victory for Man City and travel for Conte if they don't wake up very soon. I would definitely expect a Man City win. I don't buy the comments of Pep Guardiola after the game. I think, what else is he going to say? He knows their favourites. He he does it every year around February. Kind of tries to dampen down the expectation for this team. And in the Champions League over the years, he's been right to do so. But everyone, you, me, all of our viewers, we all think Man City are going to win the Premier League. We all think they're going to win the Champions League. And if they don't, the narrative continues about Guardiola and what he was brought to the club for. But the way they're playing right now, is it's incredible. It is actually yeah. incredible the way they're playing. And quite rightly, we have discussions about how they're funded and blah, 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 blah. Look, those are all legitimate conversations. But the way this current team plays football, if we just look at the purity of that, it's incredible. The, the form of Raheem Sterling and Riyad Mahrez, the way Phil Foden is having a proper run at being a proper serious player at Man City and not just an also-ran um, you know, squad member. The return to brilliance of De Bruyne, the consistency of Rodri, um, you know, all of it. Yeah, there's no point going through all of them because everyone is playing out of their skin right now. Like if we did a vote on players of the season, it'd be Man City starting 11, then 12th would be like Salah because that's how good they've been. All these individuals all having blinders of season. So they win this in with rotation. There's some talk Gabriel Jesus might come back in. There's, there's some talk Jack Grealish might be dragged from the pub for a 24 hours so he can come and play a game. I'd expect Carl Walker to play, considering he can't play in the Champions League. So I think he'll probably come back in for, for, for John Stones at right back. So Man City are going to win this game. For Tottenham, Conte does this at every club, as everyone knows this, right? He whinges, he moans, he complains about everyone. He does that to try and get things better. And that has worked in the main at most clubs until it stops working and then he gets removed unceremoniously. The trouble is it hasn't worked in first flush at Tottenham, as it often does at other clubs. And and some of the recent performances, I mean, the Southampton game, which was the game of the season, but they were very, very poor. Uh, The Wolves game last week was a shocker, a real shocker. 
of a performance. They're defensively weak. We all know this. Devinson Sanchez isn't good enough. Ben Davis not good enough. You go to Reese past his best. You know, a lot of players that aren't Antonio Conte Champions League quality. And it's worth noting here the way the league table is. Look, they've still got three games in hand on Man United, who are currently fourth. However, if they lose this game, Man United win this weekend, the point differential is going to be 10. So even if Tottenham win all of their games in hand, they won't be fourth. Uh, and that's the narrative here. That's the story. It'll be four straight defeats. Confidence gone. They could be points behind Wolves and Arsenal, West Ham and Man U. Too many teams to get above. Too many points to make up. Lose this weekend, the Champions League is over. And lose this weekend, they will. Do I see Tottenham scoring? No. Can anybody right now? I don't think we're going to get a five, but I think we'll get a three. So City win and go above 2.5. Dream Tree is uh, thinking that both teams uh, will uh, score. Although, if you go for a Man City to win 2 0, for instance, it's 2.1. This is fair enough. And if you go Asian Handicap, as always with Man City, we should go Asian Handicap minus two. And we find odds 2.54. So, if they win by two goals margin, you get your money back. They have to win for three goals margin. And Enco. Harry Kane, anytime a goal scorer, usually is not, uh, lately is not happening. That not good to bet on Tottenham, that's for sure, right now. And especially if you are visiting Man City. And we have two more games, uh, interesting ones. Leeds, Man United on Sunday after the defeat uh, of Leeds against Everton, back to their stadium to face uh, this Man United that, uh, again, Tom, we kind of uh, bet against them because he's, it pays well always and it, it ha it's happening. So why not doing it again? Yes, and, and they should have lost to at least drawn against Brighton in midweek. As I say, the first half was, it was utterly diabolical. The second half was, was more about Brighton just capitulating at Old Trafford more than any good that Man U did. But briefly on Leeds, I was at the West Ham game when they won 3-2 a few weeks ago and I thought that was it. That was the moment that Leeds stayed in the Premier League. And then since then, real below par performances. Like they were terrible against Newcastle at home. They were just diabolical against Everton last week. As much about Leeds as it was about Everton that game. And so I'm concerned again for Leeds. I wasn't four or five weeks ago. And I am again in terms of staying in the Premier League. We're getting towards the business end now. Where is Patrick Bamford? Hello, Patrick. Where is he? And if not, why wasn't there a replacement brought in? Where is Calvin Phillips? Where is Liam Cooper? Are they going to play again? Stuart Dallas looks like he's out for this one as well. You know, teams can't cope with this level of loss of player throughout a season. And Bielsa wasn't backed. And you can see why maybe he's had enough of it now. Where else can he do? Does he want to be at Leeds for relegation scraps the rest of his life? I don't know. I think that's what will happen unless they get some, some reinvestment in this team. And taking Rafinha off at halftime last week as well was was a sign, I think, that things are not well. For Man United, you know, poor performance after poor performance after poor performance, but they are getting results. Rubbish against Brighton won. Rubbish against Southampton drew. Rubbish against Burnley drew. Rubbish against West Ham won. You know, I, I just don't see it with Man United. I'm not seeing it. They're, they're not as bad as they were under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but if they were at four out of 10 then, they're at five out of 10 now. That's just about enough at the moment, to keep them in fourth. Though, as I say, I'd back Arsenal and, and maybe even West Ham and maybe even Wolves across the rest of this season, unless that the form continues, um, or unless it improves, excuse me. Look, it's a tough one. It's a tough one here. I would never really back Man U to win, as I say to you most weeks. The market never really gives you great odds on Man U unless you go Asian handicap or the, the under-over. 
but they're not going to go over. They're not going to score wildly these days. So Menu aren't really worth betting on. Uh, Menu to win and both teams to score at four to one is quite nice to make it more interesting. But I might double chance this because I think Leeds are going to work incredibly hard and Man U don't work incredibly hard. And if Leeds have a good day, they can beat anybody. And so take Leeds in the draw. Leeds in the draw, double chance it. No point betting on Man United because there's nothing to be made there. 2.02 if we go double chance for Leeds and draw. If we go both teams to score is 1.66. So some options for you, especially if you bet against Man United, although this weekend the odds are not that bad. Eh? For Man United to win is around 2.0, 1.9, so it's not that that bad as uh, it usually is. And in the Champions League battle, we have back uh, Wolves after the victory against uh, Spurs, uh, six points away from Man United, and they have two games in hand. So... We still should take them in consideration and they have a tough game, I guess, against Leicester, although this Leicester is not beating any team right now in the Premier League, Tom. Yes, and, and there's, uh, well, Wolves, look, they, they're in it. They're in it, man. Mm -hmm. And I, I would look at look at what their odds are to make fourth because I quite fancy them. I actually fancy them more than West Ham who have been fourth a lot this season, more than Man United who currently sit there. I think this may end up being a battle between Arsenal and Wolves for fourth, who currently sit sixth and seventh. I think we might, after this weekend, take Tottenham out of this conversation and put Wolves very much in it. Defensively, superb. Superb. Connor Cody, Roman Saiz and Max Kilman having the seasons of their careers. Jose Sarr, I talked about earlier on. I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. The only issue is scoring goals, but now Raul Jimenez is scoring again. It was a great volley against Spurs last week. So it's all coming together. They're even winning when Matinho's out at the moment, which is really, really important because he's been so pivotal to every Wolves win, you feel, since they came to the Premier League, though he should be back for this one. As for Leicester, it's the same problems. I mean, Leicester fans are bored of me saying it, I'm sure, and they're bored of seeing it. It's the defence. James Justin missing again. Johnny Evans missing again. Castagna missing again, Bertrand missing again, Fafana missing again. The defence isn't good enough. This defence that they can put out every week is not good enough to play in the Premier League. And as soon as they get a little run together, someone gets injured again. Daniel Marty's not a centre-half. Every week we see it, every week I say it, and every week it costs them. And that's not to blame Daniel Marty. He's doing a job. He's doing the best he can. But he's a defensive midfielder. He's not a centre-half. Um... There's two score lines here I quite fancy. Firstly, I don't think Leicester will score. Still no Jamie Vardy. I don't think Leicester have what it takes to get through this Wolves defence. Even though Harvey Barnes looked good against West Ham, I think that the Wolves are better defensively than West Ham. And, and you know, there's proof in that. They've conceded about half the goals West Ham have conceded. So I think Wolves will win. I think Wolves will win without conceding. I'd go for the under. I'd go for under 1.5. That's a 1-0 victory. Um, but I'll also be looking here at the late goal market as well. I can see this game being very tight for a long, long time. And I can see Wolves taking it late. So nil-nil at halftime. Wolves win at full time. Wolves win without conceding. I was looking and trying to find odds for Wolves to finish in top four. 20. Odds are 20 for Wolves to finish in the... Top four, the draw, 3.4 for this game. If you go for under, as uh, is always a good idea in the Wolf games, uh, we have under two, pays 2.38 in this case, because usually in Leicester games, we are used to see a lot of goals. Hmm. 
Maguire to play shit is my bet for Ankur. We don't have this market yet, but perhaps also in the future you can make a lot of money with this market with a lot of players. Then Tom, wow, yeah. 10 games. Eh? This is, uh, we are not used to this. Weird. Weird. It's weird. Let's uh, see your academy for this weekend. Yeah, I've got a bit creative this week because, again, the, the favourites to win don't give you a great deal. But I quite like this. Liverpool win against Norwich and double that up with above 2.5 goals and then throw two draws in. West Ham, Newcastle. I think that'll be a draw. And Brighton, Burnley is going to be a draw. And so that's my acca for this week. That's my triple. Mm, good odds. 32, actually. Very nice to see you, Tom. You are dressed up very elegant for the show. I loved it. Thanks, everyone, for watching and see you soon. Tom, Tom, still leave your comments and your predictions for the Premier League and don't forget to like us. Thanks, Tom. See you soon. See you next week.